Hello, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of The Green Mile. I'm John Campbell. Mike Gurgani's with me. Hello. And uh, before you listen to this episode, we just want to remind you that while you can follow along each week on this show, we do offer you the opportunity over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash panel on panels, to binge the first two seasons of this show right now. That's right. For just $1, you can gain access to a plethora of episodes beyond just the one you're listening to this week, last week, or what you might be listening to for free next week. That is just $1 a month. We'll give you access to dozens of episodes. So without further ado, it's time to Hulk out. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Welcome back to The Green Mile, the show where we chart Dr. David Bruce Banner's journey to cure the Hulk inside. I'm John Campbell. With me as always, my travel companion, Mike Ergoni. Hello. Oh, we went, uh, we went on quite the journey this week. We are, for the first time, outside of the United States in this episode. Yeah, we have crossed the southern border into Mexico, and that would have made a lot more sense a few episodes ago. When he was at the Mexican border town? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, in this episode, Banner has found a solitary place. It's that's true. Uh, that's the title here. Episode 12 of season two of The Incredible Hulk. Uh, it originally aired January 24th, 1979, written by Jim Tisdale. Um, oh, boy. And uh, Migdia Chania... Varela. That's the name. And directed by Jeffrey Hayden. Um, so here we are, Banner in Mexico. Let's get a synopsis from the Incredible Hulk wiki. Indeed. Fearing the dangers of transforming into the Hulk and struggling to deal with the loss of his wife, Carolyn, who died a while ago, and he seemed fine until now, <laughs> David retreats to the... Wil- that's not there. I'm, that's my own editorial. Uh, David retreats to the wilderness of Baja, Mexico in order to live a primitive existence away from civilization. <laughs> primitive? <laughs> He's got coffee and tea. He's doing fine. Unfortunately, this plan goes awry with the arrival of Fugitive Doctor, Eventual Family, and Jack McGee. That's right. McGee's back in an episode this week. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Something we discussed prior to watching this episode is we need to try to figure out a way in which we can f- see... What order these episodes were made in or yeah, written I'm still, in? I'm still not trying to find air. that information because the the order in which we're covering them and watching them is yeah. their air order. Correct. So, because I have air date, I don't have when these were shot. Right. And if we could find that information, I feel like it might reveal something about yeah the nonsensical nature in which we approach this story because. As the the synopsis indicated, we open on Banner in Mexico doing some journaling. Is mm. this the first time we've ever had narration from Banner? I believe so. I'm almost certain. If not, it's been a while. 
Um, and he is, we're hearing him dictate these uh, journal entries that he's writing. And we learn that it's been four weeks since he has transformed to the Hulk because he has removed himself from society by sort of getting out away from everybody in the, the wilds yeah. of Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a classic banner move, right? Totally. Um, and so we open, yeah, he's journaling and talking about it's been uh, a little over four weeks since he last transformed into the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, maybe this is the answer. Maybe I just need to remove myself from society so the Hulk is not a danger to anybody. Though he never really has been a danger to anyone. He's only done good. And he actually says specifically... Though the Hulk has yet to kill anyone, yeah. I fear that the uncontrolled rage will inevitably lead to the death of innocence. Yeah, even though based the, on what evidence? Yeah, the Hulk has gone, if anything, out of his way not to hurt people. I mean, the it's pro- ridiculous how much he doesn't hurt people. Actually. The problem there is another thing we get in this moment is Banner saying he has no memory of what the Hulk does. This is true. This is true. So he doesn't actually have any recollection of right. the Hulk going out of his way not to kill anybody. All he knows is that in the aftermath, no one got hurt. Right, right. So maybe the Hulk really was has been trying hard to murder people each time, but <laughs> he doesn't. But just keeps failing. He's as, bad at it. As though. far as Banner knows, that's yeah, what's been yeah. happening. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I get why you'd be concerned. But unlike the comic book Hulk, there's far more collateral damage when comic book Hulk. Oh shows yeah. Up. Um, and so you get the you get why Banner would be so afraid of you, the Hulk you, getting loose when comic book when comic book Hulk gets loose. If Usually you don't see a lot of collateral like deaths per se, except correct, in the most correct. extreme circumstances. Yes. What you do see is a lot of physical damage. You see yeah. buildings topple over. You see cars destroyed. Right. You see roads wrecked. That's he, not really the case with no, this No, we'll have like a lamppost pulled out of the ground or... Like worst case scenario, yeah. Or like a, a wall. A tree gets snagged. A wall. Yeah, a wall of a building. A car getting tipped whole, over. Yeah. But no real, no real damage coming to the car except the roof is a little scratched up. No, but uh, the reason I was making that point about trying to learn the filming order earlier is because of what we're talking about next year, and that's Banner starts reminiscing, as it said in the Wikipedia article, about his wife from the beginning of the season. Carolyn. Carolyn. And how he misses her, and how he she understood yeah. his situation, yeah. and maybe could have helped him with it. Yeah, that was like eleven episodes ago, but it feels like it was seven years ago, right? right. And one of our constant complaints about the show is the fact that it has no like stationary memory. Yeah. And while this does address that a little bit, it also really doesn't for one very important reason, per the order in which we've watched these episodes. Mm. Last episode, he hooked up with some random chick. Correct. <laughs> So, I mean, look, maybe he's processed. That's his way of processing getting over his dead wife. But if we saw that last episode and him trying to make like that, that human connection. <laughs> yeah. And especially given. And having no trepidation about it. No. And given that the, the whole situation there was like, look, no strings attached. Let's just do this. Yeah. You're hot. I'm hot. The oil's hot. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't remember them. T- oh, yeah. The oil. That oil. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it did catch fire at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hot oil. But anyway. That was the last episode we saw, and suddenly we need to remember not the woman he just hooked up with, but mm. his dead wife from ten episodes ago. Right. So there's a dissonance here that really bothers me. Yeah, it's a bizarre... It, it almost seems like writer by writer they're choosing whether or not to make that part of the show. Right. Like, there's no... The, while Kenneth Johnson is the showrunner here, there, there, there's really... It feels like nobody's got their hand on the wheel on this show. Mm-mm. 
it, like maybe Bigsby at best because he has a, a through line in terms of how he characterizes well, himself. Well, this is an interesting thing. I recently did a deep dive on YouTube for a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff about the show, and mm-hmm. apparently Bixby was constantly noting the writers. And I find that fascinating, and honestly, it makes a ton of sense to me. Well, and Kenneth, one of them is Kenneth Johnson going, now look, Bix was a real actor. He always calls him Bix, too, which sure. I find delightful. Um, he's like, now Bix was a real actor, so he was always bothering me about what his motivation was for scenes <laughs> and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that is important. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you put no thought into it, but that doesn't mean Bix. Because is, that is a fair point. The only person really living with it day-to-day all the time is Bixby. He, this is his show. Right. Between him and Ferrigno, I yeah. would say. Though, again, something I brought up while we were watching this episode is the direction that Ferrigno is getting. Right. V- oscillates between anger and confusion. Yeah. And there's n- very little middle ground. And apparently they didn't interact a lot, Bixby and Ferrigno. I mean, that makes sense. Neither of them are ever in the same scene. No, that's it exactly. So it's pretty rare. So it's not like they were conferring about anything. Right. Um, so they could be, yeah. How the Hulk acts is a very strange question. Because Banner, I feel like we have... A, Bixby definitely has consistency in his performance. There's, there's a couple a, of odd there's outliers. A, there's there. a, at least a baseline. Yeah, like there's a performance there. The Hulk seems wildly different from episode to episode. Yeah, it depends. And I don't on put that on Ferrigno. I do put that on the directors. Well, I don't know if I or the put writers it on Ferrigno or not. Because honestly, no offense to Lou Ferrigno, yeah. but I don't know how good of an actor he is. I mean, he's all right. He's fine. I think, he, I they think hired he's gotten him. better, too. This is the very first thing he ever did. Sure, but they hired him because he was a huge dude. Right. Not because he was giving he any... Was Mr. Universe or whatever it was. Right. He was the top bodybuilder. So it's not necessarily his place to be giving this role a ton of thought, per se. And I'm not necessarily expecting well, I don't think, him. And it, I don't think they're expecting it from him either. But that, but that's part of the problem, though, yeah. is because he's not given any expectation, his yeah. performance is two notes. Yeah. And occasionally a third, which yeah. is like what we get in this episode when he pets a, a small bunny. Yeah. He wants to pet the rabbits, George. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You, you you couldn't resist that comparison. I mean, it's right there. Right. Um, yeah, it it's 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 fr- the show is very frustrating. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> from a modern like storytelling perspective, yeah. it's wildly frustrating. Well, it's, it's there's that aspect and the fact that we specifically you and I know these characters. Mm. Well, we know uh, one of these characters. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> but ba- yeah, based on. Uh, you know, so we have preconceived notions about how Banner and the Hulk should act. I, I've kind of like stripped those away when approaching this show for the, the most part. You, for the most part, it is. But then there are things that are just there. There are things they don't take from the comics that I'm not upset. Not just because it's an adaptation of the comics, but they're just baffling decisions that would make a better TV show. Mm. That would just create some sense of difference between episodes, and they seem to have no interest in that. Mm-hmm. This is just a rinse and repeat show for the most part. Sure, and like a lot of shows of this time. It is, but it's it's so different in that, like, Columbo solving a different mystery every week. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. This show feels like it, it it wants to have some kind of serialized note to it. Oh, and, I mean, I brought this up before, and I'll bring it up again, is that this show is, there's a cognitive dissonance in this show every single episode simply because it states its mission at the beginning with the opening yeah. credits with the scary voice saying, Here's finding a way yeah. to. I mean, you hear it at the beginning of these each of these episodes. Ted Cassidy is the name of the guy doing that, right. also doing the voice of the Hulk. But then that narration that you always get, yeah. almost never has a bearing on the episode. No, and that's frustrating, and it creates a a real 
asynchronicity to every episode. It does, because, yeah, it does set up... It sets up... Uh, I, I feel like it sets up a more dour show. I feel like it sets up a more horrifying show. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it shows downright goofy. Oh, yeah. Um, not so much the case in this episode. This no. is a weird episode, though. I feel like this is a particularly let's start weird with one. our Let's stop with our constant harping and get to the meat of this episode. Yeah. Oh, that's But that's the subtitle of our show. It's the Green Mile constant harping. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never give this show a break. I mean, I, I can't. It's our job. Yeah. Um, this is what we do. This is our sacred charge. Um, <laughs> so we start on... Uh, where does this episode open up? Do we start on well, Banner? We, we, we start-, start on the narration with Banner. Mm-hmm. So he goes through. We get a we- bunch of flashbacks of the Hulk doing stuff and to him marrying his wife. Mm-hmm. Second um, wife. Second wife. Second dead wife. Never remember that first Two wife. dead wives. We'll see how many he racks up by the end of the show. <laughs> uh, I gonna get, my guess is going to be four. Four? Uh-huh. Okay. He's good for four dead wives. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm, a- maybe three dead wives and a dead paramour. Okay. Because yeah, like after the third one, he's like, I can never marry again. Then <laughs> that's, that's a clear distinction there. Yeah, yeah. Three times is a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Two times is coincidence. Now it's getting suspicious. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, we have that. And then this episode hard shifts to... Uh, what, so I do love the, the Banner's out at... Banner's living in an abandoned mine. Or out just outside of an abandoned mine. Yeah, it's unclear exactly because he's not in the mine shaft proper because his little no he's shanty in, he's in collapses. The, he's in the entrance to the mine, like like the the almost like uh, like there's the, there's the mine, and then built out a little bit is like a tunnel you would walk through into the mine. But he's not because otherwise they would be able to retreat into the mine during the storm later. Oh, in I the guess episode. that's true. Then it's weird. It's like a hut he built outside of the mine. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. That makes the geography weird. of this episode doesn't make a ton of sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but it, it says that the title card comes up as, um, what does it say? Somewhere, somewhere in Baja, Mexico. Or somewhere near Baja, Mexico. Um, maybe that's what it says. Either way, weird. Just say Baja, Mexico. Yeah. We wouldn't be. Because not- then we hard cut to Baja. Yeah. <laughs> There's one scene, then we're actually in Baja proper. And uh, we we there's a bus that pulls into town, and this woman gets off the bus. We'll later find out this is Dr. Gail Collins. And she is very concerned that the bus has pulled over. She wants yeah. to know when they're going to be leaving. Yeah. Uh, this is Catherine Lee Scott is mm-hmm. this actress's name. Um, and, uh, yes, she plays Dr. Gail Collins. She's very worried. Uh, let's look up Catherine Lee Scott. Uh, still acting to this day. Cool. Uh, it looks like she's in some of those Hallmark movies. She's in an episode of Agents of Shield, Gurgani. Oh, which uh, episode? She's in episode eleven of season two and plays a character named the Baroness. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. She's on two episodes of the Goldbergs. Uh, she's in Tim Burton's Dark Shadows. She did a Jake and the Fat Man. Uh, two episodes <laughs> of Jake and the Fat Man. Ooh, she's in an episode of Next Generation. All right. Season three, Who Watches the Watchers? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember her specifically, but I'm guessing she plays one of the aliens on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that's that's the one where you find out that Starfleet does kind of some weird stuff where they... Like, yeah. observe cultures uh-huh. uh, very intensely without their knowledge, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's an A-Team, Cagney and Lacey, on and on and on, obviously. Uh, All those TV shows. Yeah. Um, been a lot of stuff. And, uh, I mean, she's good here. She's a solid actress. Yeah. I got problems with her performance. Yeah. It's sort of all over the place. It feels like she she's doing the best with what she has. But I feel she, like I feel like it is written all over the place. She for was sure. given some direction here, I think. Yeah. 
in certain scenes to turn it up to 11 when it did not require that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm more reacting to she's definitely she's got a presence on screen. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like she and Bixby have a nice chemistry, though Bixby, I'm finding, has chemistry with almost everybody. Yeah, that's true. He's just very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have yet to see the person on screen that has zero chemistry with Bixby. Yeah, he's just... Other than maybe Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like there are certain actors, and, and this is really, I think, what kind of makes a star, right? It's just... They have so much charisma that it really they kind of grab the other performers around them, mm-hmm. and and that's the case with this guy. And that's why it's always my my ongoing thing is it's just a shame that the show doesn't give Bixby better material, right? Because he is working his ass off, clearly. Oh, clearly. Um. So, uh, yeah, she's in this town. She's concerned. Also in this town, our old buddy Jack McGee. He's yeah. been absent for what, like twenty episodes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he hasn't been in the last two or three, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's here in his south of the border outfit. He's in his traveling adventure outfit. Sure, he is an ascot <laughs> away from being on safari. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, he just needs the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, he's in town, and he's looking to hire some people. In fact, we've only not seen Jack for two episodes because uh, three episodes ago, yeah, was the news heist. That's when oh, they tried to wow. break into the yeah, National yeah, Register. Yeah. That was a very Jack heavy episode. Uh, well, one could argue McGee was the main character of that episode. Yeah, um, yeah, and and McGee actually has a lot to do in this episode too. Eh, no, he doesn't. Well, com- let me say he's com- on screen a bit comparatively. Sure, in, in that he's in like three or four scenes. <laughs> right, usually he's in one at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what, what I mean, he has to McGee do... McGee has a plot in this episode, which is usually he just sort of rolls in at the end of Banners. Yeah, but in this episode, the only thing he's actually doing, let me see, is hiring some very questionable people just all across the board and then contemplating whether or not to let a kid die. This, Which is the best <laughs> moment. Um, this, this episode definitely uh, shows that McGee is not very discerning with the people he hooks up with uh, no. on, his, uh, on his adventures. Because we are immediately introduced here in Baja to McGee being frustrated because he's come all the way down here because he heard a report of the Hulk weeks ago yeah. being down here. And he's followed the clues to Baja, yeah. and he is being talked to by his contact down here, one Raul. Oh, we got to talk about Raul, who really should be his sidekick throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> That's Hector Elias as Raul. Mm. And uh, this guy is making a meal out of this little part. I don't know what Raul is. He is some kind of swindler slash con man slash... Uh, he's got this really nice suit, which kind of like makes him stand out in the... <laughs> The weird, like, yeah. dirty streets of Baja that were shown. Yeah. Like, uh, this guy has worked a ton. Oh, good for him. Uh, and, and he's I called it. him the uh, the Spanish Chris O'Dowd. He does look like Chris O'Dowd. Um, this guy's been on every... He's in Three Amigos. Oh, nice. Um, but he didn't have the Fall Guy. He's in a movie called Deadly Force. Ooh. Uh, uh, which has, uh, when the cops won't and the courts can't, Stony Cooper will give you justice. Who is Stony Cooper? <laughs> Deadly Force when nothing else will do. There's your poster. Oh, go Lordy. look up this movie. <laughs> Who is the star of Deadly Force? Uh, this this is a character actor with one of my favorite names in all of Hollywood, Wings Hauser. <laughs> Wings Hauser oh. is Stony Cooper in. 
deadly force. You can't have two fake names on a poster. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, Old Wings made a lot of these B-action movies because he also made No Safe Haven. Oh, Lord. Um, just basically any poster where he's, where he's pointing a gun uh, at, the, at the camera. Wings Hauser is not a real name, correct? Um, now we have to look up whether or not he was born that way. <laughs> sorry, but uh, Wings Hauser. Um, let's see. Red, da, da, da. His, uh... His IMDb does not immediately say what his okay, uh, okay. birth name is. Anyway, uh, I don't want to distract too much. Like, yeah. Wings Hauser aside. Yeah. Uh, we are. We find Jack McGee with Raul. Yes. Uh, and they are on the streets of Baja, and Raul is, like, basically talking down to McGee, being like, ah, don't be making up stories about some big green monster. And McGee being like, you don't understand. I've seen this thing. It, I'm the credible witness yes, here. Yes, yes. And Raul's pretty pretty dismissive of him, but then Jack McGee is sees the bus pull up and he sees um, Gail Gail getting off the Dr. bus. Doctor Gail Collins, and he's just like, "Oh, who's that? I think I hmm." There's a there's a moment of recognition. Well, he's an old news hound. I mean, you know, he he can smell a story, I guess. But he's also here's here's another big problem I have with this episode. Yeah. So. Jack begins like looking after this woman, and then busts out his camera, starts taking pictures. Clips a, a photo of her on the on the buses yeah, pulling yeah. away. This implies that he recognizes her from somewhere. Right. What we'll eventually find out yeah. is that Gail is running away from this situation in which she accidentally killed someone under the knife because she was a neurosurgeon. Yes. She was trying to save this young woman's life mm-hmm. by performing surgery on her brain to stop a uh, an aneurysm from occurring. Yes. And it didn't end up working, and the, the, the girl died. Yes. Very sad. Yes. But this implies that Jack knew about that. Right. How? I guess there was coverage of the, the trial? There wasn't a trial. It was a. It was a. It was, a, it was an, an inquisition inquest. by the medical board. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But it's really shown like a trial. And I mean, when it, it's shown, which is pretty sh- wild. Yeah. And and she says there were cameras present. Yeah. I don't think the press covers medical board inquisitions. Yeah. Not not at least not in the room from a girl who again, if this has been some like high class billionaire's daughter. No, it's who, not the case that. It's, no, it's a guy who owns a lumber yard. Yeah. And yeah. his daughter who is about to have an aneurysm has a surgery that unfortunately doesn't work out and she dies. And obviously drives this man insane as a result of that. Well, we'll get to the murder quest part <laughs> of what I've dubbed as the Mexican murder quest. Yeah. Which would have been a really exciting name for this episode. <laughs> Come along, everyone, on the Mexican murder quest. So then McGee turns to Raul and says, I need to catch that bus right now. Yeah. And Raul's like, well, I don't know if I can help you. And then McGee just starts throwing money at him. And Raul, Raul says, I'll take you to your limo, sir. <laughs> Anything for a buck, Raul. Uh, <laughs> Raul's great. Yeah, because he, Raul... He's my kind of scumbag. Raul now sees McGee as his personal piggy bank. Yes. From this on, well, it's going to cost you. <laughs> um, yeah, Raul definitely, he sees an opportunity here and he takes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they chase the bus down, yes. which is insane, um, rather than just follow it to where it goes and then follow her after she gets off the bus. Gail sees, ask why the bus is being stopped, Yeah, sees McGee has pulled them over, though she doesn't necessarily know who McGee is, but she decides to bail out of the bus yeah. at this very moment because she's worried That's about... That's an interesting question because 
in the moment as the scene was happening, I read it as she did know who McGee was, right. but then later she won't. Right. So that's weird. Yeah, um, super weird. Because you want to know what else is weird? Mm-hmm. Bailing off the back of the bus in the middle of nowhere, Mexico, yeah. and just dodging out into the woods. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Oh yeah, because she just she in ta- heels. She takes off up a hill. Yeah, uh, out, out into the shrubbery, mm-hmm. um, and then that's how you get chupacabra. Yeah. <laughs> Like, real quick. <laughs> uh, so McGee asked the bus driver where the woman was. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. Not my problem, man. <laughs> yeah. I just drive the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Weird Ma- accent for a bus driver in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just driving the bus. <laughs> Look, every bus driver everywhere just sounds like this. It's true. Um, so uh, is this when we cut to the lumberyard? Yes, then we hard cut to, to San Diego, California. San Diego, California. Um, which is probably more accurate to where we're filming than uh, mm-hmm. than anything. And, and so, we cut to uh, Frank... What's his name? Uh, the guy's name is... Oh, I don't know. Frank Malone and Son. Yes. Uh, Lumberyard. Right. Does the Son just... Called Son. Well, the, he's listed here as Joey, but I don't remember anyone ever calling him by name. No. Uh, maybe offhand, and we just kind of didn't hear it or perceive maybe. it. Anyway, Joey Malone. It's not like Joey, Joey has a lot to do in this Frank episode. And jo- <laughs> Joey's only there to be like, Dad, what are you doing? And Dad, why are you doing this? <laughs> and Dad, you're insane. <laughs> Dad, don't kill people. I wish he had said any of those things. <laughs> uh, he does have a line actually here that is somewhat like that, uh, because he goes... Uh, he goes, did you see the newspaper today? Frank comes up to his son in, in, in whatever the booth at the lumberyard is. Mm-hmm. So he, he pulls out the National Register. Register. And there is the clearest photo taken with this old-timey camera uh, the, uh, that the, he took on a moving bus. The, um, fo- the photo Jack McGee took of a moving bus with the headline, Is This Dr. Gail Collins? It's National Front Page News. National Register, to be fair. Tur- correct. But... Better question. There were no bigger stories for them to cover than whether How much time has passed? Oh, that's a good point. A while she got from San Diego to Mexico. No, no, no. How much time has passed between Jack McGee taking the photo? He he, he got those photos and a story to the National Register. They had to print said story. Uh And then this guy had to see it Uh a couple days. Right. But no, it hasn't because we hard cut to, after this scene, Gail being in Banner's camp. That's true. Oh my god! <laughs> the timeline of this episode makes it's zero all sense. over the place. Yeah, I did think it was kind of weird because uh, because it's just like well, papers don't just get made. It's not if it was a it was an internet story or something like that, or he tweeted it. This now. is pre-email. Yeah. You would have to have mailed the film to get developed at the oh, National shit. Register. Yeah, there's not even faxes at this no. point. No. Oh wow. <laughs> Days and days, and like a, a whole week could have gone by. Yeah, she's been to get wa- it from Mexico to Chicago in 1979. Uh-huh. That's gonna take a while, <laughs> and then it has to be developed, and 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 all kinds of stuff has to be done. He has to write actually, the story. We actually saw how the newspaper process works a little bit it's in that true. episode. Stop the press. Someone would have had to approve this story. Yeah. So also, it's he had to na- get on the phone talk about it. He. Oh my god! Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't put this much thought to it, but as I did. <laughs> Um, it makes way less sense. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and then those papers would have had to have gotten to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, in the internet. And he might not have even seen it immediately. Perhaps it took him a while to get to the paper. 
in the internet age, this barely makes sense. No, like it's a, the only way it would work like, would be he would have to tweet that photo. Is the only way yeah. I could see it happening this fast, <laughs> even in today's world. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Happens. All that happens in about two hours. Uh, so he goes up to some of the newspaper. Express mail, John. Express mail. Yeah, that's some great express mail. I want the number of that. Pneumatic so. tubes. <laughs> It's like the shadow. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he, he's got the paper and he goes, did you see the paper, son? And he's like, oh, God, Dad, let it go. Mm-hmm. For the love of God. Uh, and, and he says, he's, uh, he's, he's like, that's it. We're going to Mexico. Uh, now it's our turn to play God. Yeah, and he said, his line that, he did, that is close to what I was saying, he's, he's like, Dad, you have to stop. None of this will bring Cindy back. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, that's my turn to play God. Right, because this, as we will learn, he thinks is he's in the, a Charles Bronson the father and brother of the young girl Cindy who yeah. died under At the knife. At this point, we don't know anything. No. We're, we, we, we cut away, we're cut, like, the first three scenes of this episode seem to have nothing to do with each other, almost. Except yes. for the paper connection, obviously. But we're, you and I were sitting there going, what the hell is going on? No idea. Because we've also lost Banner for a solid, like, ten minutes. Yeah. No idea what our connection is. We start with Banner. Is. In fact, we start very internal with Banner. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, McGee's living around, he takes a picture, and then this guy's like, I'm gonna go kill this woman. Yeah. And we're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. No idea. Um, so then, yeah, she stumbles onto Banner's uh, shack, hovel. Banner comes back to his shack, having <laughs> caught fish this, this, with no fishing pole. This really astounded you. He's holding a stick. It's just he's, a stick, though. He has a stick. Yeah. I don't know what this stick is for. Well, later he uses a stick for the, the, the animal traps. Sure. That's, but That's all I can think of is he just has that on him so he can... Fine, but... What uh, baffles or me more is that he has... It's not a walking stick. That's not a good walking stick. It's well, this I weird bent... I didn't say it was a good walking oh, stick. I whatever. said he, be, he could be using his one, though. Anyway, he's got this weird, like, crumpled stick. We have no idea why, but yeah. he's carrying it with a purposeful air. Yeah. And he also... In his other hand, he has this rope that has a brace of fish just strung yeah. on it. And... It's it's very well put together. Like they're they're very professionally uh, carried fish. So I am officially adding wilderness survival to Banner's list of doctorates. I, I feel you have no choice because throughout this episode we see him collecting food. He has uh, the resources yeah. to make this encampment, and I have no idea where he got any of this training. No, Nom. <laughs> I can only assume. Yeah, he was a survivalist in Nam. I mean, uh, he got caught off from his platoon. Yeah. He was forced to live out in the jungles of Nam. Yeah, for he spent six m- days in country. Um, it was rough stuff, man. Yeah, no, he was out Banner the shit. saw shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you were dead. Um, Just the- comes out of the woods covered in mud and blood. Yeah. I survived. Yeah. Shirtless, just with a knife in his waist, like, uh, my God, the things he saw. And We're just he, writing a better show. And then he just goes back to the States and gets his doctorate in neurosurgery? Yeah. Or no, radiation is his specialty. Uh, yes, yes. God damn it. show. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Banner comes back. He goes inside of his hovel and he finds Doctor Gail Collins. Gail Collins uh, saying, "Like, oh, I didn't think anyone was here, so I helped myself to your medical supplies." Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Uh, the she way didn't that think sounds. Anyone was here? Yeah. Yet you had medical supplies <laughs> that I took. Because she is claiming that she has hurt her knee and cannot leave, but. She Somehow she got here, yeah, and it's sort of implied that this little campsite is just 
miles away from the road. Yeah. You get that line later when they try to hike back to the road. It's like, no, it's miles away. I can't do it. Right. But, but it's also pretty close to. <laughs> but there is a road that leads here. It's just not the, not the main road. Right, right. It's 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 more of a trail. Sure. Um, Banner's uh, a little off the grid. <laughs> yeah, he's not super off the grid because then he also like starts offering her tea and coffee, and it's like, where are you getting all this stuff, Banner? <laughs> You're yeah. clearly hiking back into town occasionally. Yeah, yeah. That that is a fair question. He's hiking back into town to get. Tea and coffee, but he's getting no food. I'll fish. Or all of his, like, cooking supplies. He has, like, pots and pans. Yeah. And, and this guy has no possessions. No. But he's got multiple uh, uh, things of the same shirt. He's oh. got multiple shirts that are the same shirt. I believe he has three version, three different... <laughs> I think he does. He just, copies of the same shirt. I was going to say, what is, the, what is the word for multiple of shirts? Shirts. Yeah. He just has... <laughs> But, but to say that they're all that he has three of the same shirt. Right. I, guess. I don't know. That really threw my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I thought copies too. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, can you copy this shirt for me? Uh, <laughs> I need seven more of these. Take it to FedEx Kinkos. That'll yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's where I get all my shirts. Um, um, but uh, yeah, and uh, it, he's immediately suspicious of her too. Which I think is a nice play because like I was like, mm-hmm. definitely expecting Banner to be like, well, sounds reasonable to me. But yeah. no, we actually have an intelligent Oh, more business Banner. for me to stick my nose in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he, oh, and he will. Oh, um, he does. Because she, <laughs> did she, is she just exhausted or did she help herself to some pills that Banner had or something? Because she's passed out pretty quick here. I mean, she was trekking through the Mexican wilderness. I can only assume she's... And for... Based on the amount of time we can presume it took to get the her picture into the paper, she's been out there for a week. Yeah, she has been out there surviving on just like squirrels and rattlesnakes and whatever else she can forage. Yeah, just cook up some rattlesnake eggs in the morning. That's whatever. I don't know. She's been eating it raw. She doesn't have access to any cooking. Uh, yeah, because she immediately passes out. Uh, yeah, and then and then and then Banner looks at her passed out, and one of the most seventies TV edits I've ever seen comes in because suddenly a magazine cover with her face on it flashes for like two frames, mm-hmm. as though he remembers something about her. Yeah, and it's it, we we backed it and up and paused it. That something is a still image. Yeah, of a cover of a magazine called News Scope, mm-hmm. and her as that says, what is it uh, top? The new face of neurosurgery. That's it. <laughs> Name the current face of neurosurgery, by the way. <laughs> I assume it's the Surgeon General. <laughs> Who, by the way, I didn't realize wears a general uniform. Of course. That's insane to They're me. They're the general of surgery. I was watching some... I was watching, some, oh, I was watching the, the, the um, uh, Amazon documentary about Lorena Bobbitt. Mm. And they, they had a scene where they, they showed the Surgeon General talking about uh, domestic abuse. Mm. And he's in a fucking uniform. I didn't wor- realize the Surgeon General wore a general's uniform. Because they're a general. <laughs> Are they? They're a doctor. But also a general. Yeah. Of doctors. Yeah, that's... They actually, can marshal the doctor's corps. That's actually a pretty sweet gig now that I think about it. <laughs> the general of doctors. Come on. You, perform surgery now. Exactly. That's a general's order. Precisely. <laughs> This is crazy. They can walk into any hospital, have an immediate authority because of the general uniform. Yep. (laughs) Do you have to carry the gun too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's full of like medicine. It mostly dispenses like Advil, but. (laughs) Boom! Ibuprofen! (laughs) 
but yeah, the opposite of most guns. <laughs> um, it heals. Healer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said I do no harm. Um, yeah, Hippocratic hope yeah, stuff right there. But I, I still like firearms. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, she she immediately passes out, and he's like, "Hmm, I think I saw her on the cover of a magazine." But so whatever. So suspicious. Yeah. But before she passes out, she also makes a big deal about how her knees all messed up, and she can't make it back to the main road, and she'll have to stay here for a few days. And when she says her knees all messed up, he's like, "Let me look at it. I used to be a, a athletic trainer for a football team." We're actually getting callbacks. We are. We so are. We're constantly complaining about how the show doesn't remember itself. I guess so, but th- this and one's, this episode this does. one's so clumsily. I used to be an athletic trainer for a professional football team. I wanted him to keep going. Be mm-hmm. like, also, I was a cut man for a boxer. <laughs> but no matter where I went, they always made me clean up, which I thought was kind of weird because I had medical expertise. But So, that episode was four episodes ago. Yeah. Was the, the, the football one. Okay, so that has happened. Then. Right. We're slowly putting together this unified timeline. Yeah, it had to have been shot after that one. Right. We don't know when that one was shot. No idea. (laughs) And whether or not that one was shot before or after the one at the Mexican border. Yeah. Where he was framed for murder. I I still think that this one was shot after the Mexican border. That would make sense. And that they... and Because just logically... Somebody went, uh, okay, if that script's there, he should just go to Mexico. Again, we are really leaning into the idea that we can assume any type of logic. Yeah, it's it's true. <laughs> I want to believe. It's not even logic. I, I, I Assuming any communication between writers. Because yeah. this is still at a nebulous time when like writers' rooms, as we know them, didn't exist on TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think this one had a pretty consistent stable of writers. But whether or not they actually got in a room and plotted... They certainly weren't plotting out season arcs like they are now on no. TV. Um, but it used to be that they didn't have that. It was just, oh, hire somebody to write this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all done via like mail correspondence. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you, you, you were just, you were just a writer, not even necessarily assigned to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so she passes out for 15 hours, he'll say. Right. Cause uh, we'll cut to Banner cooking up his fish. Yeah. So those 15 fi- hours later, those fish, it took him 15 hours to cook them. And he's got no refrigeration that we can see. No. That's going to be some nasty fish. Yeah. <laughs> the timeline on this episode doesn't make any goddamn sense. And it's weird because this is one of the few episodes where they actually start talking about time. Uh-huh. And it fucks them up even more. We get a date on this episode. At the very beginning narration, he says it's the beginning of May. It's like May 8th That's or something. Right. That's right. He does. Right. Which, so. Well, we'd never, we've never had any other dates. So that doesn't contradict anything we know. Well, I don't know if it has any bearing on... Because we've seen, like, wintry episodes before. Yeah. Have we seen winter, what, wintry episodes? Um, I mean, the last one I can remember clearly is the one that... Uh, when it took place in New York. Like, yeah, uh, was, Hulk wrecking Times Square. That was a long time ago. It's though. true. But that's, like, the best I can do, yeah. You think... Th- the rest of these have mostly been taking place in the Southwest, so it's tough to tell. What's your over-under on that they ever do a Christmas episode? Oh, they have to. 100%. <laughs> Hulk at Christmas? Yeah, 100% that yeah. happens at some point. Maybe they can bring in his sister. It, yeah, I, <laughs> we can pray. His sister that we're still waiting to see any it's, acknowledgement of, other than him saying, I practically raised her. Right. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. There's a story there. Mm-hmm. Do we take it? No. No. Um, so, let's see. Oh, so she comes out and he's cooking up the fish that must smell awful because oh, yeah. they've just been, been sitting around for ten hours. <laughs> uh, and it's good uh, that he knew exactly when she was going to wake up based on what the drugs he gave her. <laughs> he didn't give her anything, right? Yeah, what was in that tea? Wait, she didn't drink the tea. Um, and uh, 
what what is this scene? I don't even remember. They talk. She, they they talk and uh, sh- they introduce each other. Yeah. Um, oh, he's, he's David Bailey. He's going time. by David Bailey. She gives him a fake name, but then he calls her out on it. Yeah. Um, Didn't I see you on a magazine? Right. And he, he remembers every magazine he's ever seen. Right. Um, and no, not only does he say, "Weren't you on a magazine?" He said, "Aren't you Dr. Gail Collins, the person who invented this thing, a neurosurgeon?" Blah 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But what I really like is after this, when he starts calling out all the technical details about her method of yeah. neurosurgery. This guy remembers everything. Well, I mean, that's one of his superpowers. Between that and superhero. Yeah. He's like um, James Bond. He just, oh, that's a Fabergé egg. Put him mm-hmm. in this. That's my favorite, by the way, is an octopus. Bond knows <laughs> he can identify a specific Fabergé egg on site. Come on. He didn't have to know everything. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. what I really liked about this was he calls out like the exact methods and techniques yeah. of her neurosurgery yeah. practice. And later on in the episode, she's just like, well, you're not a doctor. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck would he know all of that without any medical training or expertise? <laughs> yeah, if Banner's trying to play not a doctor, he acts like a doctor like most <laughs> of the time. Well, when he says, like, oh, I used yeah. to be a physical trainer for a football team. Yeah. It's like he's already giving away some of the game. Yeah. Um, Whatever. No, it's... It, anyway, they but have... But he, he obviously hasn't heard the news. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, he's been out of the loop. I guess this has all happened within the last four weeks. <sighs> or I have no idea how much time has passed anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, like I said, as soon as they actually start saying times, which you complain that they don't, when they do, it just makes it more confusing and upsets mm-hmm. me more. Because when they say 15 hours have passed, then okay, so we've... It's been a day since she showed up. Yeah. And then he decides, like, unless that's new fish that he went out and Is caught. Is he fishing every day? I can only assume. I, I guess s- so. We see a, no we other see source of food. Yeah, we see, because we see him coming back with the same looking thing, a fish later. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't uh, know. Anyway. Yeah, I got a lot of questions about how Banner yeah, survived. She's here. like haphazardly complaining about her knee as well. And yeah. Saying she, can't, she can't go back to the road. Oh, yeah, because he keeps saying, like, maybe we should get you back to the road. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I, not in my condition. Mm-hmm. My knee is right. busted. Mm-hmm. Banner knows this is bullshit. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because he was an athletic trainer for a professional <laughs> football team. Also, you know, a doctor. Well, that too. <laughs> But not that kind of doctor, to be fair. But kind of was too, because he was a medical guy in Nam. They talk true. about that he was a, he was Lord. specifically a medic in Nam. Yeah. <laughs> so he has. We've talked about this that he is a medical doctor and a doctor of like radiation. When did he have the time? <laughs> I don't know. How many doctors does this guy have? Like uh, twelve, according to me. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Marvel Universe uh, banner have something like eight? Something like that. Yeah. But he's like up there in the ten smartest people in the world, though. Yeah, this banner isn't as smart as as comic book banner. No. Um, like comic book banner can invent like personal force fields yeah. and creating nanotechnology. Though this nonsense. guy, this guy. He's less smart and it's just the ability to recall stuff. I think he's got a photographic memory. He must. He has to. Because, um, man, that magazine comes right back. Well, the, the time he remembers the little girl who is his goddaughter that he hasn't seen in 20 years. That one's amazing because not only does he remember her, but he was able in his mind to like age her up 10 years. Um, <laughs> he, d- he does that thing that the FBI does when they're looking for kidnapped people. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, yeah... Uh, okay, I'm trying to... Man, this episode meanders for a long time until it doesn't. We cut of. back to Baja. Yeah. And then we see the uh, Frank, Frank and Son. Yeah, Frank, Frank and Joey Malone. 
um, rolling into town. Yeah. In and their like busted ass, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, Jeep? Oh, no, it's not a Jeep. They're driving like a station wagon. Oh, they're driving a station wagon because they're going to get Jeeps, right. plural. Because uh, they roll up and they see uh, Jack McGee inspecting a couple of Jeeps. Yeah, that's right. And they say, are you Jack McGee? He's like, yeah, I hear you're looking for a couple of guys to go looking for something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I am. Um, because and they said, "Well, we're your guys, right?" And Jack's like, "All right, well, I'll let you know." Yeah, because he he's like weirdly enthusiastic yeah. about this. Yeah, <laughs> almost with murderous intent. And uh, yeah, I do love. There's a bit with Raul here with the jeeps because Jack's like, "These jeeps aren't going to last across the street, let alone like miles out into the desert." And he's like, "Hey, they survived World War II. What are you yeah. going to do?" <laughs> you know, Raul. <laughs> By the way, spinoff about Raul, right? Oh, 100%. Just, <laughs> I want that every this day. This is like a wheeler dealer down in Mexico. Well, because like, everyone else is dressed in like dirty corduroy mm-hmm. and like jeans. Well, and yeah, Raul's in a three-piece suit with a sense. dangling chain. He's like Baja's huckster, right? Sure, like, yeah. Oh, oh, I can get you anything. Right. Yeah, he's that guy. He's the guy guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got a guy for that. Um, uh, though he doesn't have anybody to drive these Jeeps, but thankfully these two guys show up uh, ready see. and willing um, and uh, and so McGee hires them. Right, because then we have a scene of Banner and Gale just like wandering around, uh, surviving for a little while. Yeah, well, is this when he comes back with more fish and she's got the berries? Well, well no, because first she... they go, like, they find the traps because we got to set up the traps. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's, all, there's all these animal traps around, and Banner has been using a stick to set each of them off so animals don't get caught in them. Right, because he's like, I don't want to see or any banners, animals caught in Or banners, because that might trap. happen. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Um, because then we have them getting back to camp, and then like we him see- bringing back fish, and her being like, oh, I got us dessert, I got berries. And mm-hmm. Banner's like, those are poisonous, <laughs> dumbass. God damn. So, yeah, Banner can also identify poisonous berries. Yeah, yeah, throw that in there, too. And this is when the uh, the traps also pay off and that we see the trapper with his burrow yes. um, see Banner and Gale. Because he's wandering past on that little trail and he yeah. sees them. But it's another baffling scene where at first they just cut away to this guy in, in the burrow and you're like, what, what, what am Who's I looking at here? Oh, yeah, because we have to see him checking his tra- checking his traps, yeah. finding that they're not there anymore, yeah. then wandering up this path, then checking some more traps, then wandering up the path some more. Then he sees Banner, yeah. then wandering away slowly. Yeah. We see all of that in excruciating detail. Right, and then this is where... Oh, I guess this happens before the Jeeps, because this is why McGee's getting the Jeeps. All right, because this guy McGee tells and Raul McGee. meet with the trapper. Yeah. So whatever. Um, so then that happened before, mm-hmm. um, you know... Whatever. Again, the 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 timeline of this episode makes zero sense. Because how long does it take a guy with his donkey laden with furs to get back to town? When town is presumably miles away. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're presuming that Gail wandered through the wilderness for about a week before she found Banner's camp. Yeah. And we also established that it's like 30 or 40 miles out from town. Yeah. She wandered in circles for a while, let's yeah, be honest. I was going to say, she's lucky she didn't eat any of those berries. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they, they strike out uh, to, to find her. Gail has made herself a little makeshift shelter mm-hmm. so that she doesn't... Have to sleep in Banner Shelter, and so it's nothing untoward. Yeah, things might get awkward in there. He's probably going to take right. his pants off. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Well, at least his shirt. We yeah. know that much. Yeah. Because suddenly, 
storm strikes. Oh yeah, it came, mid- it came out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere, and it's a massive storm because we needed a second action, uh, a second act action beat. <laughs> we suddenly a storm strikes, and it arrived just on time. Um, <laughs> So uh, he he goes to get her out of her, and it's like blowing and raining, and banners yelling. A levee somewhere is breaking because we're using stock footage. Oh, that that's the best. <laughs> We've never seen that levee before, <laughs> but apparently it's nearby. It's real close because it because it <laughs> the water released by it and whatever you know mild landslide is causing uh, slam into uh, Banner's shack and the the roof caves in mm-hmm. and it knocks out both him and Gail. It doesn't knock him out. It just traps him. That's true. It, it knocks her out clean, though. Yes. Because women on this show go unconscious at the drop of a hat. To I mean, who doesn't, though? It's Banner true. knocks out some people occasionally. It's true. Everyone on Banner's th- got... If Banner gets hit correctly, he goes out like a sack of potatoes. He's even get knocked out without even getting hit. What did that one guy do to him in the in the, in the the oil episode? Gently stroked the back of his neck, and it made him just go... Plop. And fall over. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so he's trapped under a thing. Wide eyes. Ah, he's hulking out. Oh, it doesn't go wide eyes until the boulder falls through the roof. Oh, God, that's right. Because th- I think we were asking, what's it take? He's already buried under rubble now. Mm-hmm. And a beam on top of him. Right. No, then the boulder comes. Because <laughs> the storm is so strong that it hurls a boulder through the roof. A really fake-looking boulder. <laughs> like, even the props department of the original Star Trek would be like, get that out of here. <laughs> get your paper mache yeah. nonsense out yeah, of here. That's too fake. Nobody's going to buy that falling on Shatner. Um, anyway, so then he hulks out. He throws the beam off. Um, picks up the boulder. Mm-hmm. Chucks it out of there. And then picks up Gale, sets her down. Yeah. Um, she wakes up, and Hulk is like looking at her all confused yeah. and not quite sure what's happening. Then reaches out and like puts a hand to her. It's very Frankensteinian in that way. Hulk likes the ladies. It's true. But as opposed to like caressing her face, he just yeah. reaches out a hand to like, here, take my hand. Well, Hulk has recently learned about consent. Has he? No, I have I no idea. Know. I don't know, but I'm just saying it is interesting. I would like to think he that. doesn't immediately go for a face stroke. Um, True, but she has the most berserk reaction to seeing the Hulk. Talk about taking things to eleven. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. It's like this is an acting turn that like makes zero whoa, sense whoa, whoa, to whoa. me, unless the director is off camera telling you to just like, no, you need to scream like it's a fucking monster. Yeah. It's a big green dude. Yeah, he is not quite as monstrous as people make him out to be. Yes, it'd be a little unsettling. Now, it's interesting that you say green, because that, that does... I did say I had a tidbit from Mr. Kenneth Johnson. Mm. Uh, he, on one of the special features... It's not specific to this episode, but it's it's a thing across the show that's interesting. Uh, one of the things he said, one of the battles he lost with Stan Lee, was he said, it doesn't make any sense that he's green. Is he jealous? He should be red. We're going to paint him red. Kenneth wow. Johnson tried really hard to get the Hulk painted red. And Stanley's like, Stanley just kept getting upset about it and said he had to be green. And I said, Stan, you're wrong. It was dumb to make him green in the first place, essentially. Wow. That's basically what he said. He's like, well, he doesn't, I mean, I'm paraphrasing the subtext is that it was dumb, but he's just like, it never made any sense to me. Green is for jealousy. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. if you want, if you have very strict color to emotion doctrine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was green because green is the color of radiation. I honestly don't know why they. Well, did he the was gray green. originally. That's though, true. Course, yeah, but I think that, that that just didn't look as 
It didn't pop. Yeah, exactly. And like green on purple, that pops. Oh, absolutely. It's also it's also a villain coloring. It's yeah. a classic combination. If you green with purple is usually Green Goblin has that coloring. Green Goblin, Doctor Doom. Yeah. Um, it's it's classic but bad guy coloring. Yeah. So you have that on the Hulk, and then so it immediately sort of makes him an antihero yeah. just in terms of his. But I, I I thought you would enjoy that little tidbit there. Yeah, and he, and he seems Kenneth to Johnson. still be upset about it. Oh, good for uh, him. Because a lot of it, he just goes, "Oh, that's Stan Lee." He was always upset with me about something. I am so glad. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's pretty clear that Stan Lee didn't have a ton of say on this show. No, no, no. So at least where that hill is concerned, I'm yeah. glad Stan like chose to take a stand there. Yeah. Um, as it were. He's not going to be red. He's green, you and dummies. I don't know what producers were in his corner, but yeah. thank God they yeah, won. Somebody, somebody was If we were it. watching this whole show and the Hulk was red the whole time, yeah, that'd be I don't know if I could watch it. That'd be infuriating. It'd be yeah. infuriating, and it would be just like, I don't know. Well, like, apparently, it wouldn't be the same character. Apparently the like. network was on board because red just doesn't read well on camera. It reads differently. It reads mm. weird. I don't know if you know, in, in the original Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry wanted... Uh, uh, Spock to have kind of a red pallor to his skin. Hmm, interesting. Because uh, they, they eventually gave him a green one as well, like Vulcans mm-hmm. with the green blood, but he wanted to be intensely red. Mm. Um, they were afraid at that point because he had pointed ears he was going to read as devilish and people wouldn't trust him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. But sure. anyway, red, red is a tougher makeup color to work with as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the studio was maybe more willing to backstand on that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, a little, little bit of note there. So yes, he... Uh, he finally books it out of there because... Because uh, a lady's screaming at yeah, him. Yeah, woo, okay, I don't want to draw any attention. Um, and then we uh, follow the Hulk for a little while. Into a, 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 a it's suddenly day, it's clear. Suddenly, it's suddenly daytime. And he's in an idyllic Disney forest setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he sees a poor little rabbit caught in one of these bear traps. Yeah, so he opens up the trap. Pets the rabbit for a little while. Yeah. Sets the rabbit down. Then some birds start squawking at him. Yeah, there's some parrots. There's some macaws, like just really croaking at him. Yeah, and suddenly that triggers him to Hulk down. This is the this is the weirdest uh, Hulk Hulk in Hulk in sure on the show. Um, this is the weirdest Hulk in. Oh, absolutely, because we've seen him constantly sit down and then suddenly get real tired and yeah, turn yeah. back into Banner. But this is the first time where he was sitting down for a long time. Yes, he as was he's, sitting, hold, yes. he's petting the rabbit. He was smiling. I he's thought like, that was going to bring him because not only was he caressing something, mm-hmm. but he was sitting down. Like yeah. that's you got both of those things together. No, it took some birds yell at him, and suddenly he just gets this wild, like knocked out look on his face. Like, okay, now it's time to turn back to Banner. And we get a, a fair amount of time with weird in between makeup on Bixby. Yeah, that shot always looks odd. Yeah. Uh, but he eventually comes back, and then we cut back to it's now night again. Yeah, the storm has passed. Yeah, and Banner shirtless wanders back into his camp. Yeah, and finds Gale still. Presumably, a day has passed, <laughs> and she's just overcome. Right, and she is still the most terrible thing happened. Shivering. The most awful thing. Ah, I was ah. confronted with madness. <laughs> It made no sense, all the world, all the medical maladies I've seen. I've never once seen this. A green man. Yeah, it was, it's the most crazed performance I think we've maybe seen we on the show. We actually, I'm just now realizing, because it's a crazed moment for her, we skipped over the part where Banner gets a splinter, which is key. Oh, right, she has a flashback. He gets a splinter. He says, you need to take this knife and cut it out of me. She holds the knife. Flashback to her in the OR holding That's a scalpel. when we start learning. Only now in this episode are we learning that she is a surgeon. Yes, because I think it's this scene where she's freaking out. The Banner asks, she finally tells Banner the whole story of what happened. Mm-hmm. Which is, 
this woman, Cindy, uh, had uh, was having these terrible headaches. Uh, comes to realize he's a brain aneurysm. Um, she wants to perform surgery. Her father, Frank, doesn't want her to perform the surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, why she needed his consent makes me think she must have been a minor. Because there's ultimately a thing where doesn't she yeah. forge some medical? No, she doesn't forge anything. Oh, I thought she. I thought she said. She what didn't. happens is she her uh, Cindy's father is very adamant that she not get the surgery. Yeah. So instead of asking the family, she goes straight to Cindy and yeah. says, "Can I perform this operation on you?" She signs. Cindy signs the waiver, yeah. saying like, "Perform this brain surgery on me to try to save my life." She dies under the knife. Yeah. And then the Frank, the father, uh, tells the medical board that she forged the signature. That's what it is. That because I was I was trying to figure out why they even investigating really beyond. I mean, or like to this extent, right? Um, and then like Frank was in the medical board proceedings in the trial essentially. Because yeah, we time. get this really trippy shot that's like almost like a fisheye lens, and the and and everything is kind of echoey. It looks like the trial sequence from um, what is it? Uh, not Dark Side of the Moon, the other Pink Floyd, The, the Wall. wall yeah. From the yeah, wall it does movie. look like that, yeah. Where it's just like, I was expecting the judge to just like look like this big demonic scary thing. Yeah, um. it does have that kind of vibe to it. Um, and then we see her coming out of the courtroom, and Frank like grabs her, and doesn't he say something like, you're going to pay for this? Right, and there's like cameras all over because the press is all over this for some reason. I don't know why, because once again, it's not like a super famous person died, and it's not, it's, it's a fairly, it seems like a fairly routine inquisition. Right. I guess she's famous though. Gail is famous. She was on the cover of that that magazine. She was a famous neurosurgeon. So the I fact guess that, she that, fucked that up. would be why the press was on her. Would it? I don't. I don't think that so. That many press outlets? I, no, not at all. Not in reality. <laughs> but I think in this show, that's supposed to be what we're to think. Sure. Um, this show has no interest in reality. Um, <sighs> it has a green guy in it. Look, uh, either lean farther in one way or the other. That's what I want. It tries to have it both ways. It tries to bring the Hulk into the real world, but then at other times it asks us to believe really weird stuff. <laughs> right. Um, it was the seventies. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Things were different back then. People cared about neuroscience. Maybe. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think people ever cared about neuroscience. I care about neuroscience. Sure, but I mean, I'm talking about the public at large. Sure. Uh, beyond crazy, like, huge innovations or mm-hmm. something like that. But once again, the new face of neuroscience. So yes. Take that, Dr. Tompkins. <laughs> she, uh, she confesses all of this to Banner. Yeah. Um, and basically, her whole spiel ends with she fled because yeah. she couldn't take the inquest anymore. Yeah. She was terrified of Frank. Yeah. She needed to just get away from it all and flee down to Mexico. Yeah. And uh, I think a restraining order could have taken care of Frank, probably. There seems to be something else wrong with Dr. Gail yeah, Collins yeah. here. Like, she's clearly suffering some kind of, like... PTSD for sure to begin with with the scalpel thing right but also there's some kind of anxiety disorder yeah, happening here yeah. in terms of like she can't handle the stress right. which is really weird if someone's going in for neurosurgery as they're like that's what they she's, do well, she, it's an interesting thing because it's kind of it's, it's a it, high pressure job it's an interesting thing though because she said that's the only place she ever felt comfortable but suddenly there's even a little bit of like attention and pressure on her well, and she freaks died. out somebody died yeah i mean i i i could i could kind of they're going too far with it i can i yeah. can see what they're trying to do once again like so many of these episodes buried in here is a nugget of a decent story 
someone who's made it their job to poke and prod at yeah. other human beings' well, brains. It, uh, let me say this. I find it interesting this would have been the first person she lost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If she's this big. Because yeah. she's not new at it, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is interesting. She has pioneered a technique to help yeah. people, and yeah. this is the first person she's ever lost. Yeah, that seems maybe that seems unlikely, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, so we learn all of that. Yeah, and it's it's sad, and Banner feels bad for her, yeah. but also kind of doesn't. Yeah, he's still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to get out of here, right? <laughs> it's like this isn't a fantasy island. What did you think is going to happen here? Yeah, we're not we're not touching. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's like you can't just stay here forever with yeah. me. I'm secluded for a very Though the good banner reason. the last episode was very much up for touching. <laughs> Again, there's some dissonance here that really bothers me. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But anyway, um oh yeah, Banner changes into his second shirt that looks exactly like his first shirt. I do love that. Camp. He just loves that shirt. Yeah, he has he a second, a bunch of them. He has a second one. Yeah. Anyway, um <laughs> he got a deal on a whole set of shirts. <laughs> that's when we uh, got to get rid of our whole stock of these shirts. Yeah. Well, that's good. I need a lot of shirts. <laughs> I, I tend to go through them. I believe that Banner would buy the same type of pants over and over again because he needs to find the stretchiest kind. Yeah. But the same shirt over and over He's again. He's done it, by the way, because he always comes back in pants. Yeah, it's true. And they're fine. Bell bottoms, no yeah. less. Well, there's a lot of room, at, the, at least at the bottom of them. That's true. Um, so uh, eventually we, we, we have... Uh, our, uh, our our group of uh, hunters. Jack McGee. Yeah. Raul. Frank. Frank. Joey. And Frank's son. Joey. I'm never going to call him Joey because I don't care enough. And they're going to start in on this expedition out to where the trapper saw yeah. uh, Banner and Gale. Yes. Uh, and then... But... Yeah. Keep in mind, all of these people, including Jack McGee, yeah. are hunting for Gale Collins. Yes. Yes. There is no confirmation of any kind of Hulk up till this point. Correct. The, it, McGee's in Baja because of the Hulk, but now he's been waylaid by this. Why? <laughs> yeah, what is the goal? I mean, I understand Frank. He's just straight up going to murder yeah, her. No, he is, his quest is murder. Because murdered. I do like when we cut to them, uh, they're driving along, and then uh, uh, somebody mentions the fact that Frank has a gun tucked in. Raul sees the gun. Yeah. And Raul just like leans into. Uh, to uh, McGee and says, hey, what do you think that's for? Yeah. And then <laughs> McGee is like, what's with the piece, man? <laughs> Why'd you bring along the artillery? Yeah, that's, I believe, what he says there. And he's like, oh, just in case, you know, something in, happens. In case of what? <laughs> Chupacabras? I don't know, but I do like the way Colvin plays this, where he's like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like, uh-oh. There's a turn here where McGee is definitely like, I may have hired the <laughs> wrong person. I just hitched my horse to the wrong wagon. <laughs> So it's, we've got. What, what I found really funny about this sequence is clearly they had two jeeps they were allowed to wreck yes. <laughs> in this episode, yeah, yeah. and so we have Jack and Frank and Raul in one jeep, yeah, and, and then Joey by himself <laughs> following along jeep. in another jeep. <laughs> Why? Uh. And what are they going to do? They're going to find Gail. They're going to drag her with them back to San Diego so she faces... Like, what is McGee's goal? That's what I don't... That's why he's I already asked. He's already written the story about she might be down here. He's now going to find her? And then say why? He's not a, 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 a U.S. Marshal. He's not a... a <laughs> yeah, no, no idea. No, zero clue. Yeah. And again, he knows that 
so when and she's not. By the way, she's not wanted for a crime. I don't think the medical board is looking for her. We haven't seen a wanted poster ever. We haven't said she's wanted for the murder of this person. No, not at all. So it's not. It's not like law enforcement's looking for her. Mm-mm. I think if you skip out on a medical board thing, they'd probably just bar her. But it wouldn't matter because she's not around anyway. Right. No. And another thing McGee knows is that when Frank and his son showed up, the first thing they asked was, "Hey, I heard you're looking for someone to help hunt down." Uh, Gail Collins. Yeah. So he knows that these two people are specifically looking for her, and then he sees the gun. Yeah, that should be a... I mean, he is an investigative reporter, right? (laughs) We've assumed he has a basic level of intelligence at this point, other than face blindness, which we know he suffers from. Well, yeah, that's, you know, it's a chronic problem. Um, Yeah, this should be hugely concerning. This guy clearly intends to murder this woman. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because what happens next is the second Jeep gets stuck in the mud. Right, which is my favorite Raul scene. Because just Joey's Jeep is stuck in the mud. Because why does Joey need his own Jeep? Uh, unknown. Again, what is their plan once they find Gail? Don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I still think that Raul just sold McGee on getting two Jeeps. Yeah. Well, you gotta have two Jeeps, my friend. Oh, two, maybe three, even. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what, sorry, what, what's Raul do here that you particularly love? Oh, well, um, Frank get and... Jack rush over and try to help like wedge the jeep up out of the yeah, river. Yeah. Whereas Raul's like looks like he's about to help, but then stands back a little <laughs> bit and makes hand waving motions. Yeah, just like he's not about to get a suit. I ready. will guide you in. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I am. I'm supervising. Yeah, <laughs> I will supervise. Um, <laughs> I so, am helping. Yeah. Uh, so he. Um, so while they're doing this, this though, yeah, um, they're unable to get it out. Of the they're moment. unable to get it out, uh, but Jack is trying to help uh, push it out and rock the jeep out. Meanwhile, Frank breaks away and steals the first jeep yeah. that's not stuck. And McGee's like, "Where are you going?" Ah, and then he takes off, probably to murder that woman. Hundred <laughs> percent, that's what's about to happen. This one might be on me. Because <laughs> then we cut to I may have just sicked a murder on a woman. Gail walking down the path that's yeah. leading up to the... And Banner's not around. Banner's doing something else. And then she, she sees the Jeep roll up on her, locks eyes with Frank. And this is the nightmare scenario. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> the guy who, the, the last whose daughter I accidentally killed. And whose last interaction ended with him saying, you're going to pay for this. And then he's forward to Mexico. The middle of nowhere, yeah. Mexico. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, imagine your worst enemy. Su- like, you're in the middle of camping somewhere. Mm-hmm. No one knows where you are. Yeah. You've done everything in your power to make sure no one knew yeah. where you are. Yeah. And suddenly the person with the vendetta against you just shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I have very little experience with people having vendettas against you me. You don't know until it's too late. That's true. <laughs> I heard what you said about Fant Forstick. <laughs> oh no, Josh Trank! <laughs> I'm saying you're gonna be walking out of the uh, like an eleven o'clock at out in the outside of a theater. The whole parking lot's just gonna be empty. Mm-hmm. A single jeep's gonna roll up, and Josh Trank's gonna eye you. Oh no! <laughs> Someone behind you will close the shutters on the. No! <laughs> <laughs> they knew this day would come. Yeah. He always said this would happen. <laughs> and I'm just like, I had a dream it would end this way. Um, so, yeah, and he, oh, man, he just uh, grips the, the steering wheel oh, yeah, and he guns has, it towards her. He has her. every intention of running her down. Yeah. Thankfully. Doesn't in, even need to waste the bullets. In her high heels, she flees down the road and is faster than the Jeep. Well, and he chased her for a while in the Jeep, and she manages to stay 
pretty mm-hmm. far ahead of it for yeah. quite a while on and foot. She, and she's shouting heels. for Banner the whole time. Yeah. And he... Here he comes with more fish. And he dropped... He, <laughs> no, no, he's collecting, he's he's collecting, collecting this, firewood. This time he's collecting firewood. He hears her and just lets all the firewood go. And sprints uh, after her. But boom, a trap gets him. Uh-oh. Who would have guessed that trap would come back? Honestly, not me, because this show is <laughs> not that well written. Uh-uh. This is pretty decent yeah. <laughs> that the trap comes back. The rest of it, I don't know. Yeah, they had Chekhov's trap, and Banner's now in the trap. Banner's like, oh no, my my ankle! Immediately hulks out. Yeah. This is pretty cool, because we get a close-up of his foot busting out of the shoe. Right, and in turn, busting out of the trap. Yeah, because the trap snaps. he's open. growing so large that it explodes this small That's, rabbit that, trap. That actually is a pretty cool shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... <laughs> Finally, he chases her to... Frank chases her. Frank chases her to... The uh, edge of a river. River? Yeah. It's and a, It's a pretty small river. It's a very shallow, yeah. small river. I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a river. More lake-like, and even lake is pushing it. I would say crick. Yeah. It's a crick. Mm-hmm. That's a good, yeah. The old, uh, anyway, the old swimming hole. It's, it's wider than a stream. Yeah. But I would say... Well, it, the width of it will come into question throughout this scene. The width and the depth the, of it the come into question. The width and the depth of it, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it ain't the Rio Grande. Yeah. So he's got her <laughs> trapped. Now she's in the water, which her fleeing into the water was... Maybe she thought it'd be deeper and he wouldn't be able to follow in the Jeep. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he gets out of the Jeep and says it's over and pulls the gun. Yeah. Points it at her. And he's really savoring the moment before he pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like, now you die. Yeah. Now you shall die, much like my daughter died. Like it's, he didn't say that, but that's essentially the length of the scene. Because it's enough time for the Hulk to be standing right next to him. How do you not pick up the Hulk in your periphery? How do you not hear the <laughs> thump, thump, thump of yeah. the Hulk approaching? The Hulk wasn't sneaking Which, in on what tiptoe. Would, what would have been wrong with that? He's pointing the gun, thump, thump, thump. He turns around and the Hulk is, has come up on him. That would be good filmmaking. I mean, that, that, that wouldn't change the intensity of this. No. Suddenly he's there. It just seems dumb. You know what would change mm-hmm. is probably the days in which they shot this because what we have is shots with Frank and the gun yeah. and shots with the Hulk. They don't become the same shot it, until a weird jump cut at the end of the scene. Yeah. Like that guy's like, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> like I swear, these I got a, two I got a hard out at four. Right, these two sequences happened at, on separate days. I feel like we had the the I am I about got, to kill you with the gun. <laughs> yeah, we cut for the day, or maybe at least lunch. Yeah, and then we come back to yeah. okay. Now Ferrigno's painted up. And the guy and playing we can, the guy playing Frank's like I got to rehearse a Chekhov play <laughs> in a couple of hours. <laughs> I just tried to think, what's the most high-minded theater you could be doing? Um, doing this fucking Hulk show, uh, he says to the people. Yeah, but that's how you get paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, theater actors, all actors get that. Um, so Hulk grabs the gun. And then crushes, crushes the gun, it. And Pretty it explodes good. because it's made of cheap plastic. Yeah. At first, I thought it was he was going to bend it, so I thought it would be like that kind of like rubbery gun. Mm-hmm. But no, he cracks it, and it cracks like plastic. It looks like plastic. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and then he grabs Frank. Mm-hmm. And this is where we got to talk about how this is shot. It's bad. So we got to describe this in shots. In short, yeah, he tosses Frank into the river. That's that's the action. But let's yes. let's break this down and uh-huh. how this is edited together. He grabs Frank. Mm-hmm. He chucks by the I want to say collar. Yeah. Uh, they cut to so that that's a close up. Mm-hmm. They cut to a medium shot of the Hulk and a little bit of the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, he throws Frank enough to see Frank. Uh, Frank's just, stunt double. Yeah. And, and, and he, when I say throws him, it's like the guy's standing on a trampoline and Ferrigno just sort of moves his arms along with him. And uh, so this guy is now bouncing out into yeah. the river. And so he gets what? 
four, four feet? Yeah, yeah, four or five feet out, and he starts coming down. We firmly see him coming so down. The, the trajectory we see is, again, it looks a lot like this guy hit a trampoline, yeah. bounced up and out over the river. Yeah. So we see him flying forward, his arms flailing, yeah. his head slowly careening towards the river. Yeah, he is, he is, so he par- is, now- he is parallel with the ground at this yes. point. His body, he's out vertically, parallel with the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then cut... <laughs> Uh, a camera under so he's on he's once again on his way down a camera under him he's in, in midair but he's now straight so he's horizontal to the ground his arms still flailing his legs now kicking yeah his, yeah he is now perpendicular to the ground which means the trajectory meant he went straight out down then up <laughs> Straightened in midair, mind you. He had the briefest moment he had the ability to fly. <laughs> but it just gave him like a little whoop. Boost. Ooh, actually, we can a add- gust of wind picked him up and just whoop. We can add this to the list of shitty X-Men powers. Oh. <laughs> your ability to change the angle of your body mid-flight. There you, you go. You can't actually fly. <laughs> no, but you can just <laughs> you, can- you know what? That's not that's not entirely useless. <laughs> it's not. It's pretty useless. It could something, avoid some injuries. Something else. I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. but something else has to propel you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, so then we cut to Gail reacting, going, oh. and her head tracking across a much greater distance than we assumed he's being thrown. <laughs> and then suddenly, I don't know, 80 feet into the width <laughs> of the river, we see this guy crash down feet first. Yes. What the fuck happened here, you guys? No who idea. wasn't talking to who? And what editor was like, oh my God. Because that's all I can imagine is the editor get well, that's all the footage I have. Yeah, it was bad. But I still, I still, uh, you were there. I, I, I pieced together a better edit, at least with the footage they had. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Easy. You yeah. could have cut certain things a lot sooner. I, I would not have used that shot from underneath. Mm-hmm. I would have I w- I cut before he starts coming down on that first <laughs> shot, which is horrible, mm-hmm. uh, and then use the, the, the shot of Gale to cut between him being to thrown To show the tracking landing. of the movement. Yeah, because at least then the fact that he lands on his feet, you can't do anything about. And the fact that he's pushing himself up from the river in the next shot as though he landed face first. Yeah. <laughs> in a river that, once again, he's standing in, so that means the depth of this river is next to nothing. He, he is and standing, he... and the water's only coming up to maybe like mid-shin. Yeah. If that. But if we, that, we, I was going to say ankle, really. But when we saw him land in the river, he yeah. definitely landed with a big old splash, and he didn't just break both of his legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the worst things we've seen them do, stunt-wise. Yeah, it's not great. Because, um, once again, it just feels like a lack of communication. No second unit was so that's happening. the other unit. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. the second Jeep has gotten unstuck. We yeah. don't know how. Yeah, whatever. Probably Raul. Yeah. <laughs> We can only assume. But Raul's not there anymore, so I'm presuming they <laughs> left him right. behind. Ra- yeah, well, there'll be a line later that somewhat addresses it. <laughs> anyway, Raul is vanished for the time being. Yeah, um, He has decided that this venture is no longer profitable. Right. <laughs> um, He's just in it for the money. So it's just Joey and McGee driving yeah. up. Yeah. Hulk sees them driving up, yeah. grabs the spare tire off of the Jeep that's like halfway in the <laughs> yeah. river. And then throws it at the oncoming Jeep. Yeah, and it hits it like in the hood of the car, right? Like right, like hood in the windshield. Yeah. Anyway, it makes them stop suddenly. Yeah, and 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 there's a close up of Joey's throat slamming into the wheel of the car. It's pretty brutal. It is. And then they ADR and like, (gasps) yeah, and you're like, oh shit, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) He is donezo. His throat just collapsed. So meanwhile, Hulk turns back. 
grabs the first Jeep, rolls it over into the river. Yeah, yeah, grabs one end of it and just hucks it over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that exciting. No. Um, and, uh, and, and then runs away. Runs off. <laughs> then he just leaves. Yeah. Because uh, Frank has, like, picked himself up from the river. Gail is standing there just, like, wide-eyed, not yeah. sure what to do. Well, because eventually she runs over when she sees... Because Frank comes over and he's like, oh, no, what happened? And, well, uh, uh, no, McGee is shouting at him, like, yeah. Frank, your boy is dying! Yeah, <laughs> can't you see? Stop trying to murder that lady for one second and help <laughs> your son. Um, <laughs> I wish line was in here. Me too. I really do. <laughs> um, you can put your vendetta aside for a second, mm. damn it. Um... And, uh, yeah. But so, then Gail runs up and says, I need a knife right now. Yeah. And McGee's like, I don't have one. And, and Frank's like, well, I do. But and, what are you going to do? She's like, I need to uh, uh, cut a tracheotomy. Perform a tracheotomy? Emergency tracheotomy, yeah. yeah. And so in order to let him breathe, because he's crushed his windpipe. They leave out a key step of the tracheotomy, which we, which you pointed out, which is she, she makes the incision, but we never see him put like a tube of any that sort That would be way that. too gross for TV of this era. But even to see somebody hand her a thing that she, you know. That's true. They, uh, <laughs> let me just say, this, this is not telling you what a tracheotomy is, no. really. Um, All you know is she slit his throat. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess that's what you do if somebody can't <laughs> breathe. Good to know. File that away. <laughs> Uh, I'm having trouble breathing, honey. Let me get a knife. Um, There's this great moment right after it happens in which uh, we see... um, What is it? Uh, Basically, Gail saying, like, okay, he can breathe for now, and he's okay, but we need to get him to the hospital. This is your favorite moment in the episode. Oh, absolutely it is. And McGee is going, but what about the Hulk? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, this kid needs to go to a hospital right now. He might die. And there's this long, lingering moment in which McGee is just like, you can see the gears turning in his head Uh, where he goes, dead kid, uh, Hulk. Dead kid, Hulk. Mm, What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? such a struggle. All right, we'll save him. (laughs) (laughs) He finally gets back in the Jeep. And then Banner watches this happen. Banner, meanwhile, has hulked in somewhere yeah. in the bushes. I guess, yeah. And is now like peeping through, uh, seeing these the last remnants of the scene yeah. play yeah. out and them driving. And off. presumably, everybody forgives everybody because we, Ban- we get zero closure. All Banner is is like, well, damn, my mine home is done. Yeah, because McGee is, knows where it is now. Yeah, and so. He packs up his things. The third version of the shirt yep. now is being <laughs> yeah, worn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he packs up his things and heads out to the lonely man. Yeah. So, yeah, we get no resolution on Gail or Frank or... I guess it's all right. <laughs> I have no idea. No sure clue. it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> sure it's fine. Yeah, probably all worked out. Everyone forgave everybody yeah. because why not? We can ass- no, I'm assuming they got to the hospital and then like they got Joey into the emergency room and Frank says, You thought this was done? Grabs a scalpel and just <laughs> goes after Gail. Just running around <laughs> the hospital chasing her. I-, I can only assume. I have no idea. Yeah. Or they get to the hospital and they'll be like, and by the way, arrest this woman. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, weird episode. It's yeah. It does a lot of things that we keep complaining about. But it's, it doesn't do them well. But we can't expect the things done well in this show. I guess that's that true. That has long since been an expectation Let's I've thrown out the window. It, it does things we've asked them to do, and then it does a bunch of other stuff, too, that's <laughs> that not baffling. good. Yeah. yeah. That you're like, or everything that they do in this episode that we've asked for, is I, I, my reaction is like, well, I guess they did that. <laughs> 
I mean, they did, igno- but it's like they don't do anything with it, right? They acknowledge mm-hmm. his past, but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Like that whole beginning doesn't matter to the rest of the episode. It absolutely doesn't play into the rest of the episode at all. No, except for he doesn't want to have sex with her because of his dead wife. Again, it rings so hollow because of the last episode we saw. He just had sex with a lady <laughs> following the death of his wife. Yeah. Um, and he'd probably do it again. Uh, <laughs> why not? He's not going to remember this lady. Um, oh. He's not going to remember anything. Uh, or maybe he will, but it's only sporadically. A couple times a season, he'll remember the crazy adventures he's gotten into. Um, mm. Yeah, so he's out of there, and, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Cut to footage I'm pretty sure they've used before of him walking through a desert. Right, because he's wearing a different shirt and he uses a different jacket on. Yeah. 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 They're getting lazy with that. They're like, hey, you know, we can save some time and just not shoot the last shot of the episode ever because we have enough shots of him walking away. We've done it at least, what, 10 times? That should be enough for the rest of the run of the show. We got it. (laughs) We have have enough varied environments that. uh, So, yeah, no closure. Episode just ends. Yeah. That's. I feel like we've said that about a few episodes. Sure, uh, this one's very abrupt, though. Yeah, uh, I did just out of there is glance. there is one lingering shot of Banner wandering out of his campsite, and he sees some article of like clothing. I think it's like a beret, uh, beret or something. Yeah, um, that Gale is left behind. Yeah, and he like looks at it appreciatively. Yeah, and then walks away. Yep, he's out of there. He's got no time. But he takes a nostalgic look back. What could have been. But isn't because his life sucks. Sure, uh, try harder, Banner. You could find a more secluded place. Yeah, this is especially if you're so competent you know, in like survival. You get a little further from the road. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> possibly. Uh, so anyway, we got some business to attend to here, though. We got to talk about our Hulk feat of strength of the week. This is a tough one. There's not a lot here. No, I think the coolest shot is his foot breaking out of that. That's not really a feat of strength, I guess, though. I mean, it is a foot, and it is strong. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) But we're talking feet of strength. We don't see both feet. Yeah. (laughs) Turning the Jeep? Turning the Jeep was okay. I really like... Hurling the boulder. Hurling the boulder out of the ruined... uh, But that's a fake-looking boulder. It is a fake-looking boulder, but just the concept of the strength he's using. Actually, no. The one I liked, and it's sort of lame, but it's something I wish they'd do more of in the show, is... After he has, he's wandering away from the ruined campsite, yeah. and Hulk is sort of just like meandering through the woods before he finds the rabbit. He yeah, casually just like pushes oh, yeah. over a tree. I forgot he did that. That is good. That is good. He just he yeah, it's just a tree that's sitting there, and he just sort of hits his hand on it, and it falls over. Yeah, and it's like that's a casual amount of strength I want to see more of in the Hulk. Just like the fact that yeah, he's really strong all of the because time. Because he's 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 throwing people or things intentionally. We don't see a lot of him just being strong around the environment. Mm-hmm. The best one of those is when he walked through that bar. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That might still be the coolest moment he's ever had on the show. That or the time when he like tosses the bar. That was pretty good the too. The whole bar, but across just him the at his the bar at his waist and it just explodes around. Yeah, that him. was awesome. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, because that was like, oh shit! Yeah, just like the casual disregard for physics that the Hulk can yeah, have. Yeah, that that's pretty awesome. I do like moments where he is just an indestructible force coming at people. Totally, that's what you wanted out of the Hulk. Um, so let's talk about our favorite guest star. Is it Raúl? I mean, for me personally, one hundred percent. Yeah, Hector Elias is pretty hands charming. down. Hector Elias for Raúl. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's just no comparison. I love the like 
the the swindler archetype is yeah. always one of my favorites in these like action movies. Yeah, um, whether oh. it be Indiana Jones running totally, like, or uh, what was it Benny from the Mummy? Yeah, um, there's always some like weaselly guy who's yeah. like he's only in it for the buck. And this guy doesn't really have a lot to do in the episode, but he definitely makes himself known. Like he may, yeah. he, he's a strong presence. Also, he is this the Spanish version of Chris O'Dowd. So you know, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> he tried turning it on and off again, and suddenly he had a mustache. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Gregoni, as you know, this this show doesn't take place in the comic book universe that sure. we know the Hulk to take place in. It's mm-hmm. an alternate universe. If there's an alternate Banner and Hulk, that must mean there is an alternate General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross who lives blissfully unaware of the Hulk's existence. What's he up to this week? Gen- General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross is a man's man. No one's denying that. Absolutely. The, mu- the mustache says it all. Oh, yeah. He is a he has a Ron Swanson-esque mustache. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he is. Sweating testosterone. It's true. And so, but there is one thing that he is uh, slightly lacking on in terms mm. of his, uh, his manli- manliness cred, okay. and that is uh, his survival skills. Honestly, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross doesn't spend a lot of time out in the wilderness. Doesn't not, have time. Not much of an outdoorsman. Not much of an outdoorsman. Yeah. He appreciates nature. Sure. He, he likes yeah. its vast grandeur. Absolutely. But given like a knife and some like sticks, he's probably not going to be able to put together. I mean, look, he's got a ton of human ingenuity. Absolutely. And a good old American can do attitude. He could figure it out. He'll figure it out. But like. But it's not inherent. It's not inherent. He doesn't, he hasn't trained for that sort of right, thing. Right, right. Air Force. Yeah. Not exactly like yeah. out in the wilderness all the time. Right, right. So he's boning up. He's mm. going out. He's taking himself a wilderness survival class. Because mm. if there's one thing he's also always doing, he's trying to improve himself. Yeah. What if one of those planes goes down? Exactly. So he's spending the weekend out in the like highlands of Arizona, some desert survival. He We cut to General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, his eighth day out. Everyone assumes he's dead. Mm-hmm. All of his guides got eaten by giant rattlesnakes. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yes, of course. Of course. It happens. Yeah. So he had to, he went to the school of hard knocks for wilderness survival. Not, so this, not, not bitten, poisoned by, by the way, no, eaten by the rattlesnakes. Eaten. Again, giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What he didn't realize, those rattlesnakes were, of course, released by some unknown third party, not native to this territory he was trying to survive in, let alone native to the planet Earth. Right. Who knows right. where these giant snakes came from? All General Ross knows is that he survived. Mm. And he walks out of the desert covered in blood and a cloak made of rattlesnake. Oh, that's a cool look. It's true. Wow. Um, but he survived. And everyone was like, damn, Ross. <laughs> Didn't know you were an outdoorsman. And he says, lamb now. Oh, wow. That's a badass Ross story. <laughs> he, really, he got up to some shit this it's week. true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's Look, I don't start. know if it's become clear, but I'm starting to have this elaborate oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fiction in my head. There's a whole narrative <laughs> that will be released as a novel come the end of this podcast. Sure, why not? Um, let's talk about the episode we're going to be viewing next week. Now, Gregoni, you know that uh, the show likes to play on some of the popular uh, genres of the day. Yes. Uh, they, they did a Kung Fu episode. They did? They, they've done disaster episodes, uh-huh. such things like that. Well, a very popular genre or subgenre of sorts mm-hmm. in the 1970s was the black exploitation picture. Oh, God, no. And uh, it's that time, everybody. Oh, as the no. As the first <laughs> user review on IMDb says, it's black exploitation time. Oh. We'll be watching an episode called Like a Brother. <laughs> David, here's the description from IMDb. 
David Butler, works at a car wash in a black neighborhood run by a drug dealer with a Black Panther. Not the Black Panther, unfortunately. He tries to help two orphans, the youngest of which is diabetic. All right. Oh, Show mm-hmm. don't look. You handled the 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 mentally challenged episode okay. They they handled the um the Native American one pretty well and the Asian one pretty well. Well, okay, the Kung Fu one, sure. Yeah, there have been other. Oh no 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 no, that was not an Asian episode. We should say. Yeah, that 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 moment is still the worst in the show's history by far. Right. Um. Yeah. Let's they, they yeah the kung I'm talking about the kung fu one right right uh, they, they, the, the the characters they have introduced uh, of of different backgrounds and and, and such uh, they they've actually handled fairly well uh, this this could be different we'll yeah see. we'll see, see what the, happens the, the episode is called like a brother <laughs> I'll be very curious to see what the the composition of the writing staff on this episode was yeah so we'll see what happens white. <laughs> Uh, all right, so, uh, but until then, uh, we'll continue uh, down that green mile as we follow the adventures of Dr. David Benton, Benchley, Benson, Bradburn, Blaine, Blake, Brown, Blank, Bradford, Bernard, Barton, Benton, Barton, Beckman, Bishop, Baxter, Bramer, Balin, Burnett, Bernard, Brown, Blakeman, Bailey, Banner. Uh, as he heads down that green mile. <laughs> uh, so until next week, I'm John Campbell. And I am currently Mike Gergoni. And remember, don't make us angry because you wouldn't like us when we're angry. <laughs>